Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, shaping leaders among leaders. Brother, I get to do this every Friday. I get to hang out with these amazing humans, have amazing awesome. guests come in, and we get to have these kinds of conversations. Like, I'm That's the luckiest person on the planet. And I'm just as lucky. I'm so honored to be here. You have no idea. And I'm so I'm so proud of all of the work that you are doing in just building this community and doing all of the uh, the unspoken, you know, amazing things behind the scenes, building these men up. And then just as equally, I am so proud of each one of you. I don't know who Brooke. So I saw Brooke left the group, uh, the chat just now, but I want to follow. We need to we need to follow up with him and see why he left. I'm curious. I'm, I think um, he has bad service where he is because he was actually oh, out when his second workout in the woods was 75 hard. So I think oh, he's excellent. I think he's in a bad spot where it was cutting out earlier. So that's probably what that was. Otherwise, he'd stay. All right, perfect. Well, so yeah, I'm just want, again. I want to just say to all of you uh, listening, uh, I I'm so proud of you for exactly where you are right now in your journey, in what you're trying to build, what you're trying to create, uh, for whatever reason that you are here, whatever the purpose was in, in, in getting you to this point, whether it be good or bad, whatever drove you to this moment, I am so thankful because you guys truly have no idea. Um, I think you were just speaking to it about your network is your net worth, right? And when you are in the right circles around the right people and that energy is so important, it is so crucial. And and there and you guys are already like minded, right? You guys are already in the in the loop of what of where you want it, the trajectory that you want to go in your life. So uh, mm. I'm honored to uh, to be you know whatever I can what any whatever you need from me, I am I am here and willing to to provide any value I can. So, so I've been I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've worn a lot of hats uh, in in my journey. So. Um, but we all are starting from the same, same place, the bottom. So I'm excited. So exactly let's, yeah, right. let's go. Let's go. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for that. Truly. Thank you. For yeah. that. It's, no. um, that's exactly what, you know, there's, so, uh, who was I talking? Uh, I was talking to one of the past mentors and they were just, they're like, Hey, do you realize like it normally, like I, I'll sit down with, with clients that'll reach out, but it's like 50 grand, you know, to sit down and they're like, I just want to go talk to this. Do they have any idea what that is? I'm like, no, man, it's not even about that. It's just about like, they'll figure it out later and they'll come mm -hmm. back and be like, oh, okay, that was awesome. And that opened up something like, and that's the point, man. That's the purpose. Cause then they'll pass it forward and they'll raise yep. the next generation, right. To be better than them. And that like, that's Pay it, it forward. That's it. Yep. And, that's the and how many, and how many amazing mentors or people, right. Those those people that took time with you and with me. And I've had so many moments of where someone just took a little bit of extra time or a little bit of, of sincere, just really diving into me or really pouring into me and, and what I had going on in my life and just asking me the questions that I didn't necessarily know I needed clarity on, but challenging me in, in those ways, right? Like you're challenging these young men to put them into uncomfortable and, and vulnerable positions. and I always say we live in a culture of comfort and that's why we have so many issues and problems because we've been conditioned down air conditioning, right? It's like we are being uh, 
constantly bombarded with comfort and it's it's an and it is it's a great thing however too much of it is uh is lethal to our creativity to our primal all, all of it right it's all of the above so so yes so what you what you guys are are doing um is it, it, it and it's hard because you're in it right now and you're still yeah. right like you have all these uncertainties and questions and uh, you don't have the experience necessarily, but again, you guys just, you have to just keep showing up like you're doing. That's just That's keep it. showing up at the door, keep knocking on doors. Um, there's been a, I, I will say I do have a lot of regrets in the past of when I didn't show up more. I had the opportunity. I had people, Hey, you know, come to, come to my studio and I'll show you how to do some glass blowing or, or, you know, and I just was busy or preoccupied or distracted by other shiny objects and mm. i should have i should have went and and made the effort or i was like oh well it's not i'm just not i'm not ready or i'm not i'm in this weird place or i, I have a girlfriend and she's taking up my time and i'm pouring into her so you guys just have again like the, the priority that you set is going to determine your outcome and and you and you just have to really focus man you have to focus. It's so, so hard. It it's is, so hard. It is so hard, man, but it is so true. It is that outlasting cover. And I promise I want to get into, I want to get into the yeah, story. Sorry. No, dude, no, you're a rambler, good. So interrupt you're me. Good, dude. But dude, so I am I, because, I, I. I talk. But I'm and so do I. And so what you're saying is so needed, man, because it's like the, the, um, you know, I was talking to, you know, Alex Hormozy. Right. And, and yeah. mm-hmm. so Alex was talking about the fact that, you know, a lot of the, the, the games, a lot of times their games are won by somebody who has an infinite perspective. He means most, he said, most games are really won by just outlasting other people. Like you get better because you're going on, but also because other people just quit. Right. So almost everything is a game of outlasting. It almost always is, you know, and, and he said, and the key is when you're out, when you're working on outlasting somebody is to avoid all of the women in the red dresses and it's his reference to the matrix where it's, you know, Neo's yep. walking through there and, and the woman in the red dress and he's like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? You know, and Orpheus is like, are you looking at her? Or are you paying attention? Turn around and look at Bam. her. She's got a gun. Agent. Right? It's that yep. it's agent. So there's so many women in the red dresses, especially when you're a young guy who's great at sports and good looking and got the girls here and all like so many yep. red dress moments. So I think you're spot on, man. Well, let's start with you at, at this age. Yeah. Because you don't learn these things necessarily unless you're being explicitly taught. Like you learn them through experience and sometimes, you know, it's a hard thing. So for you, man, um, what, what, what did 12, 13, 14, what did that look like? Who was Joe at that age? 12, 13, 14. So I grew up on a citrus farm in Arizona and my childhood primarily was a lot of like climbing trees, building forts, playing in irrigation water. Like I had an amazing childhood. Uh, I lived about an hour away from the nearest city. So, uh, and big, and by the city, I mean like a big city. Um, my school, my middle school was 35 minutes away. So it was, uh, it was a really great childhood. I'm, I'm very thankful. I grew up in a Christian home, uh, born and raised Catholic. And my dad worked uh, at our church. And so I was a, um, very like God fearing. I still am God fearing, but I was much more, um, very by the book Catholic born and raised Catholic. I would read scripture at church on Sundays was an altar server. Um, I was just 
very not I wouldn't say the word is sheltered at all, by any means, but I definitely did not have a lot of exposure to a lot of things in the world. And uh, I was taught, you know, hard work. I had a seven acres of, of infinite playground. And so I loved art. I loved uh, metal smithing. I would make things. I would build things. I would take things apart. Uh, I would shoot bows and arrows at, at oranges and grapefruit. And we we had, you know, a couple hundred trees. We grow oranges for sun-kissed oranges. So my my childhood was was very rural. Um, in I, I I played basketball because it was the only thing I could do by myself. So I would go out on the on our you know little slab of concrete and I would shoot and play by myself for hours, man, hours all day. I would play, play and explore and expand my creativity. And then in high school. Uh, we sold our citrus farm and I moved to North Scottsdale, which is like going from the boonies to one of the richest cities, probably in the United States. Um, so I went from country, old Chevy pickup to Hummers and oh, hopefully looks like we froze a little bit. Oh, OK. I think, yeah, I think we're the back. Picture, the picture goes funky, but we can hear you. Perfect. Oh, OK. Perfect. Um, so I was surrounded by a lot of money, a lot of other kids with money. Um, and, and, to, and not that there is a stereotype, but there definitely is a stereotype of uh, going to a, a private no, Notre Dame prep academy is uh, it's a lot of a lot of money floating around. So I, I learned quickly um, kind of what I wasn't and what I was and what I wanted to be. Um, I would say my biggest hurdles, though were girls because I really didn't have any exposure to being and you know I had a crush in in middle school you know I had a, I had a, a couple crushes in in high school but I really going into my freshman year of high school I really didn't know you know I hadn't had my first kiss I was very uh immature in a lot of ways and all of a sudden I come into a, a space that it's not I was I was uh, being a, a a little bit chased by women, and that was a a very unique thing that I'd never experienced. Uh, I also was exposed early on to porn, yeah. and so I had a little bit of a a hard time differentiating. And I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't stop pursuing that. And that was one of my big vices that I carried probably for the next. 20 years of my life or more yeah so that was my hardest my one of my hardest pitfalls was 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 being exposed to uh and i was exposed to it in like fifth grade but i really didn't start like consuming pornography until till high school and so it was taught it was a hard thing and i had one relationship with an older girl and i didn't want to have sex i was still like you know i I didn't want to go down that road i still believed in you know not having sex before marriage and she kind of took advantage of me and put me in a lot of situations that pushed me out of my comfort zone and before i knew it i was lying to my parents i was sneaking out i was uh you know very manipulating and manipulated and she cheated on me with uh her ex-boyfriend and kind of crushed my heart so my first relationship was not a good one. And then my relationship with my own, you know, 
internal maturity was was very misguided. So, and I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have any any people that you know. It's, it's a it's a very hard subject to talk about, and you don't want to talk about it with your parents. You don't want to, you know. No one understands mm-hmm. what what we young men went through or what we, and, and even now I know, I know all of you guys listening, you, you know what I, hopefully I know you, that you either have stayed away or you are able to have this le- next level of self-control that you're, you're learning to develop. But um, yeah, it, it was a really hard and it still is, it's still a very hard thing because it's so inundated in our culture and we're so desensitized to it. You know, you scroll through Instagram or Facebook or any movie, it's, it's every, you know, it, the very sexuality much. is everywhere. Very um, much so. so that was, that was my biggest hurdle. Um, but luckily I was pouring into sports and my church and I did have a good community and it was still one of my dark passengers that I was dealing with. But mm. besides that, I kept my compass very tight. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't drink. I didn't want to go party. I didn't want to, um, do a lot. I didn't even, I was still scared of girls in real life because mm. I was, you know, I was being, I was being fulfilled intimately online, but I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't know how to talk to girls. I didn't know how to, I didn't had no confidence in, 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 in women. So, um, so that was kind of, kind of one of my harder, harder journeys. For sure, man. There's a couple of things, you know, that you're, you're saying in there and gentlemen, I, I this is such an important concept that this is, this is one of these things that, um, you know, as a, as a young man, what I'm, what I'm hopeful of is that you have enough trust, uh, in me, in Joe, knowing that Joe is somebody I respect, right. And in the mentors that we've had in this entire, uh, tribe that we have that you'll trust what is being said here, even if you can't emotionally understand it yet, there are some things sometimes where you can intellectually understand something, but then emotionally understanding it is different, Right. Um, starting a business is very much that you can intellectually understand that it's hard, but emotionally, you don't get it until you have a business, right? Having children, you and you understand intellectually, hey, this is going to be really cool, also difficult. Then you have the kids and you're like, yep, mm-hmm. that's harder, but oh my gosh, so amazing too, right? Like I couldn't have, I could not have understood it until I had the kids. This is one of those things. 100%. Right. That I want you to intellectually please trust us, even if you can't emotionally. You know, what Joe's talking about here, getting our, you know, like our needs fulfilled and biologically as a as a young man, like the girls, we like the girls and we like the adventure, like we like the conquering, we like the the missions. Getting those met in a virtual way, whether it's with the girls or whether it's with video games that take up all our time to fulfill like the mission part, right? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you guys continuously just go down the rabbit holes of getting them met like that, you're going to have so much more trouble in the real world where it actually matters. It's just the reality of it because you'll get it checked here. It's going to be so much more simple and you're going to be stagnated in your growth in these other areas, you know, and, and Joe, what you're talking about, you know, I, I read a great quote the other day. It says, um, men are not what they think they are as much as they are what they hide. Mm. And Good. I thought that was 
really powerful, right? Like the things that we're hiding really illuminate who we might be and where we're struggling. And it's not to condemn, but it's to point out where we need to work through things, you know? So um, yep. I, I appreciate that, man. So pulling yourself, so like basketball and I think volleyball, from what I understand, were things mm -hmm. you like, were those catapults to whatever was next and did they help you to get outside of the things you were struggling with or did it not make a difference it was just what did that look like yeah so i i was i was pretty athletic as a kid um but i wasn't like the greatest you know i wasn't naturally talented or gifted at any particular sport um so so going into in and go again going into high school sports uh i had only played like 7th and 8th grade basketball and i know that most, most kids today are playing sports in, you know, their second grade leagues, third grade leagues. And so I missed probably six or seven years of skill development in my, in my actual sports career, mm. um, competitively with other, with other kids. And so I was a little bit behind. Um, my high school was only two years old. So we had my, my, my first year as a freshman was the first four years of the high school a four-year class. And so I expected to go into you know, playing basketball and becoming a, a freshman varsity basketball player. Mm. And I had high expectations. You know, I thought I was better than I was. Um, and my, a, a bunch of buddies were like, Hey Joe, come play football. And I, I had no interest in football, but I ended up trying out for the team. And couple weeks in i was like man i hate this like I, I hate everything about football i don't i don't like the, the contact i don't like the I'm, it's arizona so it's it's 125 degrees and pads <laughs> in the middle of the summer I, there was nothing it, it, any bit of me wanted to play football um but my dad he had probably the best wisdom you know he said if you start something you finish it and so i did and i i was a wide receiver i got three passes all year one for a touchdown um, but after that, I said, I'm never, I probably am never going to go out and play football <laughs> again after this. But in hindsight, um, looking back and after the fact, I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot about how tough I was. I had to put myself, I was, it was, it was so much discomfort that I, I and I had to suck it up and I had to do it. Um, I got my butt kicked. I got floored. Um, I got rocked but it made me tougher. It made me, I went into my basketball season with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I didn't make varsity, but I got moved up at the end of my freshman year. Um, and I ended up just really focusing on basketball because I said, you know, if I, I love, I love basketball and I played football and you, and again, you, I'm sure a lot of you young, young men, you like, there's things like Matt, you kind of referred to a hobby versus yeah. something that is a passion right or a pursuit or something that really sets your soul on fire um basketball was the thing that i would work harder than anybody i, I wasn't the best shooter i wasn't the fastest but in the in the weight room in the off season in the running in the drills in the training i would i would outwork everybody i would be the first off the line and the first past the line and that was i was that was my my contribution to the team Mm -hmm. And I made, and I made everybody around me better because I, I had this competitive spirit that in, within our team, I was going to beat you, but you, you know, you may beat me in other ways, but no one's going to, no one was going to outwork me. 
Um, and so beyond that in school, um, I was also, you know, part of student government. I would, I loved art. So I took every art class that was available. Uh, I also loved to sing and do drama. So I kind of, I, I dabbled in theater and drama and that helped me with my confidence in performing and being on stage. I hated public speaking. I hated, I hated doing a presentation in front of my class and, and I, I would get nervous and lose my place. And, but it, 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 all of these little things that I ended up doing just built my resume, it built my, my confidence. It, I would, and then I ended up becoming the homecoming King of, of, in high school. And I ended up, you know, getting scholarships and, 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 pers- and just pouring into the work. It kept me focused and allowed me to say no to drugs and partying, which, and there's so many, there's so many kids that are you know, their parents do drugs and drink. And so it's just, it's, it's natural. You know, I come from a family of drinkers and Mm. in that, in that, that was in my twenties, that was a whole different, you know, pitfall that I luckily was able to pull myself out of. Thank God I, I, I was never hurt or never injured or didn't do something really stupid and permanently damage my opportunities in life because there were so many times when I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say, you know, I, I, I have, I have a good heart and I mean, well, and I swear God and the angels and my, you know, ancestral guardian angels are watching over me because I truly believe, um, that they, they want what's best for me. And I just had to realize that I need to learn what's best for me. And sometimes some people, some people don't get that opportunity. Uh, luckily I did. So, so um, so yeah, you, it, it was a very, it was a very unique experience for me because I was, you know, if you want to say popular, I wasn't popular. I just, I didn't see the clicks. Yeah. I saw them, but I didn't, I didn't define anybody by them. I wanted yeah. to, I was friends with people. I was, I was spontaneous. I would throw homecoming parties, you know, at the school, like I would put on dances and functions and events and it allowed me the creativity. It allowed me to bring people together. And I will say to this day, I still have several friends that I'm so close with. And, um, and even all of my peers, you know, in high school, I, I don't think that there were very many of us that there was never drama, there were never fights, there was not what you what you see in TV and film and all of the the atypical the jocks hate the nerds and there was none of, there was none of that we were all nerds and all jocks and all That's athletics awesome. and we all went to each other's games and we all supported each other um and then so my and i'll i'll just end this real quick so my junior year we made it to the semifinals of the state tournament and we lost by one point and i learned uh loss i learned a really hard painful loss after working really hard and and wanting to to get that win as a for a state title and so me and my team we came back and we went 26 and 5 i believe and we took state my senior year and there was no greater feeling than like all of this hard work and Mm. putting everything together and putting you know the the blood sweat and tears into getting to getting that accomplishment um and i think that was just one of many smaller wins that you know lead up into the next phases of my life but um 
yeah you guys good man you got it you got it i would say and it's funny in your email i noticed it said uh get after it and that's what my football coach who passed away from uh cancer he used to say that he said get after it anglum and i still use that today get after it get hungry like get all of it get fired up about it um and even if you're pissed off, good. If you're if you're excited, good. Like whatever it is, like use that, man. Use That's that right. negative energy as fuel too. When someone tells you you suck or you're like you're not you're not doing enough, like don't don't let that don't let that don't turtle up, man. Don't That's don't right. be don't be timid because there's no need. There's no need, and it's not going to help you to to sit and wallow in your own you know little pity party. That's exactly right. And, and man, it goes back to what so much of what you were just outlining right there, all that, that confidence, the confidence that you got, whether it was through getting beat up on the football field, whether it was through, you know, losing and then coming back, whether it was throughout working the teammates, um, whatever it was, all the confidence is earned. Confidence is only earned. It's only. not something you can just grab off the shelf, man. It's always earned. And you know what? And one of the things that we say, and gentlemen, I want you guys to hear this, young men and men, here's how we are designed, period, end of story. We are not designed to think our ways into new ways of acting. You can you can read all the right things and listen to all the right sound bites and repeat all the right stuff. The way we are designed, though, is to act our ways into new ways of thinking. Your confidence will not come until you've taken that step first, right? And, and all of the old habits, the bad habits bad habits can't just can't be like we don't just lose them we have to replace them so replacing those things with action to we move forward that's where the confidence comes from and that's the thing that opens those doors you know so i i love that whole story man and outlining that so how so you go from this country boy to the city guy the who's city boy the city boy <laughs> that's right and but you're doing all these really cool things you've got a great environment um you know, you've got you've got great friends. You've got a very mature head on your shoulders as far as how you're looking at all this. So, how on earth does all the drama and the athletics and all this? How does it lead to like survivor and whatever you know? Survivor, you know, like or what? You've got a million other things. So I don't even know where is best to go because you've gotten so many things on the resume. Survivor is amazing. The wife and children are by far your greatest accomplishment, yeah. right? I, like thousand you, thousand percent. Uh, you've got that logo that's right there on your chest. You've had a journey, man. So what what makes the most sense here as far as the next step for you? So I guess, I mean, and I, I want to even carry on one more. So yeah. especially just because of where these young men are in, in probably their journey of thinking right about college or thinking about um their education right what the skills they want to develop in the um pursue like what they want to pursue right um hmm. i i had a job at 15 so i was doing all of this and i went and i worked as a clerk um filing after school you know it's like between the hour that i got from school to going to basketball practice i'd go and work for a couple hours and make some money and um i i was studying for to I you know in in Arizona at least uh, they had it, it was called the merit program and if you maintained a three point five GPA and you took two uh, upper level division like college courses and you took an, a national certification test and you got above an eighty you would get free in state tuition mm. I had a I had a three point eight I had the courses that I took and I took the national cert test my senior year. And I got a 
79. I missed it by one question. Mm. And I missed a full ride to college. Because uh, I, you know, and I look back and I said, man, if I only would have studied, right, all that you go through the laundry list, if I would have studied more, if I would have done this, if I would have done that. Um, and so going into college, I had a couple small scholarships, but I um, ultimately had to work through college, um, put myself through college at NAU and Flagstaff, which is amazing. If any of you guys are thinking about going to a, a small mountain college town, NAU Lumberjacks, it's, it's an awesome school. Um, and that another failure. And, and I always come back to the failures. Um, cause I mean, it's great to have these wins, but you, you can't get the wins without learning to master failure. Um, and so that's for me in where I'm at in my life now is understanding the areas that I need to fail more. And I need to put, I need just as you guys are doing, I need to do that equally in my life now, mm-hmm. putting myself in more uncomfortable situations regularly being open to the same things that you guys are doing, building my network and my, my self value, the knowing that I am even more valuable than I give myself credit for sometimes, even though on paper, I look at, it's like, man, this guy, you know, I would say $10 million man, but like, I'm talking about the spiritual wealth. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about becoming, um, when I say valuable, you know, it's not monetary, it's value, like value in the eyes of God, it's value to the people that I touch in my life. And when I say that, I mean, like the, the, it's, it's things that you can't quantify with money. It's honesty, it's um, compassion, empathy, you know, just having a heart that's giving. And, and even though the world, like, when we live, we live in a fear-based world and there is a lot going on and there is a lot of people struggling. And when you financially struggle, you, you start to, you know, hoard a little bit and keep things and, and be a little more selfish and a little bit more tight. And it's all, it's the, just the primal nature. It's the primal thing in us. Um, so that's kind of my, my biggest, my biggest thing for you guys is, is keep like, don't think of failure as what it is. Failure is the greatest win you're going to have. Mm-hmm. It is. It truly is. And, and I'm, and I know it's, again, those are just words, right? And it's just words until you fail. And even, and then moving into like survivor, like I've lost survivor three times. I didn't win survivor, but the losing was more valuable to me and what in the lesson that I needed to learn. I wanted to win so bad. And I could go, I could, I probably could talk about every, every season and how every season was different and equally like 10 times harder than the last. Mm. Um, and wanting it that much more and wanting it that much more and losing and then going, getting, and then even just getting the opportunity to go back. Um, but even now in hindsight, looking back, like as much as I wanted to play, and that was such a goal and I accomplished the goal of playing. It, it was only just a stepping stone in my journey now to do what God is putting me on the path to do. Mm. And I, my, and I still don't know what that is necessarily, but I know, I know in my heart and I think about it every day because, and I, and I, and I kind of how you guys are right. You're coming up with these plans and these, and you have big plans and you're, you have these grandiose ideas and how do I accomplish those ideas? But they might not be what God has intended for you. 
he he has he's he's giving you this feed this little download of like hey this is where i want you to go but i might throw you a freaking curveball and you're gonna have to just swing Mm -hmm. so you you guys just be it's it's a balance uh and it's not a balance i even hate that word because there is no such thing as balance you you, it's learning to be unbalanced all the time and and person and pour in and put all of your focus and time and energy into the thing that you really want that's so it's it's when they say balance it's kind of it's kind of like oh just just do a little bit everything and i'm the so guilty of that because i i am good at a lot of things i have a lot of hobbies i have a lot of skills and talent and and i've built these different talents problem is i can't focus on one mm-hmm. problem is i'm poured into 20 different things and one of the best analogies i can't ah, i can't remember i was at a workshop and i cannot remember the the speaker but he said you can only hold one hammer at a time that's you right. have 30 hammers but you can only hit one nail and one hammer at a time right and so i constantly try to remind myself that you guys it whether it's if you know if it's school you know yes for that block focus on school when it's your job show up be present at your job if it's your if it's sports right like if you're if you're going to be online watching how to's or to get better at your swing or get better at your shot or you know pour don't get distracted for that hour on instagram pour into that training and then take what you learn and then go and do it go outside go in the gym hit it like practice it do it over do it a thousand times it's hours 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 matter the hours matter man the um you know what what he's talking about here you guys you know we're talking about failure okay so it's the it's the what is malcolm gladwell talks about ten thousand hours i like naval ravikant's version where he says it's ten thousand iterations because you gotta Mm. fail nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine of those right think about every single one of you guys walked to your camera to to turn this on you walked over to your computer today right well guess what you're walking because when you were a baby you decided you wanted to walk and the first time you got up on that couch and you went uh, and you wobbled and you fell down and you fell over, none of you went, ah, this isn't for me. Like I'm done. <laughs> like you all got right. You got back up. You kept trying it. You fell 9,999 times. And on that 10,000th time, well, now you're walking and then you can get better at walking. Right. And so what Joe is talking about is that that fits everything if you're not putting yourself in situations where you cannot meet some you know requirement not meet the bar well you're not trying hard enough and so then you just keep going and you keep forging until you find right and what he's talking about too is that focus you guys um and it doesn't mean you can't you know play baseball one day and then also do school and you can't do them both well it's just you're not going to try to do your math homework while you're while you're swinging a bat right? You're not going to be precisely. It's exactly that you you're able to separate those guys. We can't multitask gets thrown out there. We can't do that. We're yeah. not, we're not designed that way. We don't work like that. Um, yeah. And, and too, I mean, it's so it's such it's like the school of life, right? Like what you guys are learning in school is, and how many of us have always said like, Oh, I'm never going to use this in life. I'm never, this is never going to apply to me in life. But you don't, you can't, you can't go into your future and say, like in hindsight, you like, we can say, oh man, now I see it. Now I, like, I know now what they were trying to get across to me. I see what they were trying to tell me in those moments. 
But until you're in the shoes, to Matt's point about me being a dad, like now that we're dads, we know, we actually know, we know it's not knowledge, it's the experience of knowing. Mm -hmm. So those, those are the things that again, and, and when people are trying to pour wisdom into you, it's hard to wrap your head around because you haven't done it. You can't relate. It's not relatable. And that's what this, this human experience, this life that we're all currently, you know, living, you're going to relate to people and be able to empathize with people. If you've walked the walk, if you've done those things and you can be like, Oh yeah, I know what you're going through, bro. Yeah, I know because I did it and I can understand you and I see and I see what you're talking about. And so I want you guys to just hold on to to that and try to li- and and even if you can't again, right? You can't understand it intellectually or, or emotionally maybe. But um when those aha moments happen in your life mm. and then we and you're looking back in 10 years and you're like, "Damn, Matt was right. Joe was right." Or I mm. see it now. You're going to have those moments. Yep. And then now it's going to be up to you to determine from that point. Okay. So now, now that I know what do I, what am I going to do with this information? Right? Like, what am I, am I going to keep this to myself? Mm-hmm. Am I going to, am I going to pass this seed of knowledge onto my kids or maybe my brother or my sister or, or, or mm-hmm. you guys, here's, what's really cool. You guys are going to lead your family like your parents, like you guys have the opportunity to literally become the energetic, like uh, amoeba of your family. And I'm talking grandparents, like I've touched my whole family since I was little, like in, in the way that I conducted myself in the, in the things that I pursue and motivate in me pursuing my goals with so much passion and consistency and discipline. I helped inspire my other members of my family to do the same. And you guys are going, you guys are doing that right now. Like give yourself credit for that because you are, you're showing up and you're doing the work and, and just know no no matter the outcome, win or lose that you're, you're, you're doing it. And that's, that's enough. That is always, it's always enough. It's exactly right. Because, because that's the, that's the inner critic, right? Right. You always say that there, you can critique or, you, or there's the inner critic who's just bringing you down. You're not good enough. Uh, you're never going to amount to anything. And those aren't, those, that's not, that's what I say. That's, that's the other side. That's, that's, right. that's the, that's the other side talking to you, trying to get you to quit on yourself. That's exactly right. Don't listen to that voice. That's not the voice. And Logan, you got a great question. And actually, so gentlemen, if you guys have some things that are popping up in your head, you got questions. Yeah. Start putting your hands up because I'm going to, I want to bring you guys in. Um, And Logan, I'm going to, I'm going to put that. I love that question here. And I don't know if you want to, you know, even jump in on this Logan, but it says, he says, I love that point. It begs the question. Why do all of us as babies try over and over to walk until we succeed? When those same babies get older, why do we suddenly quit? trying things we genuinely want i think it's a great question man what so logan i'll ask you what do you what do you think like what do you think why do people stop Mm -hmm. doing that what do you there's no right or wrong on this what do you think on that yeah so since i uh, i appreciate the uh, recognition on the question by the way I, i i had a little bit of time to think about it since i put the question out and i think it's because when we're babies we quite literally know nothing than like okay so we're looking up to mom and dad and what they're doing and we know nothing about that right because those are the only pretty much the only role models in our life that are tell like that we're really 
taking after. And when we see them walk, we want to do that same thing, right? And since there's no counter argument to people saying like, oh, you don't need to walk yet or like there's no practical use for you to walk now since you can't do anything anyway, like we just keep going until mm-hmm. we do what mom and dad want to do or sorry, what mom and dad are doing. And so I think the reason why we stop well, when I say we, I mean society as a whole. Like when people get older, then suddenly there's these different voices that they're listening to that are telling them, oh, you don't really need to know this thing or this isn't really going to help you. So you don't, if you, if you fail at it, it's okay. You don't really need to know it when that's, when that thing really could be just as valuable as walking. So that would be my opinion on it, but I could be wrong. Uh, very true. Yeah, I think it very much. I think you're, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I think it could be a nuanced thing. It can be um, something that might be different for each person, but I think what you just outlined right there is extraordinarily spot on for far, far too many people. And so then the the follow-up question becomes, how do we deconstruct that? Right? Like, how do you get back to those factory settings of this is where I want to go and what I want to do, who's doing it? And how do I go? It's quite literally what we're building out here, man. We're talking to the best humans on the planet going, what are their patterns and how do I step into that if they're doing things that I want to do? Right. I mean, it's getting back to that factory setting and that pattern recognition. I think it's a really brilliant question. Gentlemen, if you have, if anybody has questions in particular for Mr. Anglum, I want you to put it up, put it up in the chat and I'm going to start calling on guys. Bring them. But Joe, I want to, I was going to just add to that point. So I've studied a lot of like psychology, um, Mm -hmm. energy work, uh, a lot of the ancient, uh, you know, yoga, uh, Ayurvedic medicine. I mean, you, we could go down every rabbit hole. Um, but, uh, a great analogy is for the neural pathways. The way our minds work is when you, when you show up to a hill in middle of winter, right? Beautiful, white, pristine, fresh powder. And you walk up to a beautiful big hill with your sled. And you see all these people sledding down the hill, right? And you go up to the hill and you see, all right, this is where this, these last five people just went down. And you go down that, that hill in that spot that they all went down. You're following a path that was already set for you, right? And the odds are that you're going to go down one of the paths that were already there because it's slick. It's already been established and everyone else is doing it. The odds are pretty good. You can move over two feet and do your own path. It's going to, you're not going to go as fast the first time. You're not going to, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to necessarily see the out. You're going to have to go again and again and again and again and again. If you start going down everyone else's path, that's the path you're going to know. If you set your own path, now that's going to be the path. And then other people behind you are going to follow your path. Mm. And it's the same thing. This is the, the, the neurologic. If you want to create a new habit, if you want to be an addiction, if you wanted any, any of the above, and especially with learned behavior from our parents, because let's be honest, no one's perfect. Our parents aren't perfect. I've learned amazing things from my parents that were awesome and great and have helped me. I've also learned really toxic traits from my parents that I don't want to emulate. I don't want to be that. And I'm now noticing though how I have a tendency to do those things because I am my parents. I'm my mom and my dad. Literally the DNA has made me half of each of them. And I'm I have a predisposition to be like them, but I'm not defined by them. I I get to make my own choices only if I'm aware that they're my choices and not feeling pressure to please them or necessarily be like them or emulate them because we we have this natural inclination to be like our parents. It's just part of our, our primal journey. So take the good traits from your parents 
and and things like you were saying how you, why do we walk and then and because we see our parents what else do we learn from our parents good and bad we learn we learn all of these things by our environment where what we who we surround ourselves you guys are in a great position because now you're learning from some of the one right the one of the one percent mm-hmm. so and I, I would like to consider myself the one of the one yes, percent but sir. um but it's but it's definitely it's so true you guys if you have a roof over this is what i learned in survivor because it's so true like the things that i took for granted when you're out on a, an island and they take away your your food your water your shelter and they give you a machete and a pot and they say all right you're going to live with 20 strangers you learn really really quick discomfort and what we take for granted every day we have every opportunity with our cell phone and a Wi-Fi signal and a full belly to literally do anything we put like anything we have we are the one percent and you guys included you are the one percent in the in the context of the world and I and I just want to encourage you guys to just remind yourself of that of how blessed mm. you are to learn to walk to have parents who are obviously like supporting you in what in being here right now too so don't don't just think though that like oh just because i don't remember walking that it wasn't important because most of the lessons that you're gonna these aha moments you're gonna have you're not gonna remember all of the little steps that took you to get there so you guys just 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 keep on like just keep on falling and again getting back up just don't quit and if it feels like you can't get back up that's when and i'm sure you've talked about this matt but god and spirit and and having faith in the bigger in this bigger presence of our our right our holy father the god who will always help us get back up right that you guys i'm I, i'm and if you can man keep pouring your pour into the spirit pour into scripture and the bible and i know it sounds i know it sounds weird man but there's a reason there's a reason it's the most read book on the planet there's a reason that people go from I hated Christians and I hated God too. I found God and I, and I'm filled with light and love and telling you just it's important. It's really important. Great perspective. I mean, great perspective and going back and you guys, that 1%, the perspective on that again, just intellectually hear me now, emotionally, you might not be able to connect to it, but intellectually hear what we're saying on this. I read a statue and I don't remember exactly what it is. I'll mess it up, but it was somewhere around like, $35,000 or $36,000, something like that. If you make, and so gentlemen, yeah. this might not be you, but it's your parents for sure. Um, you know, if you make like $36,000 a year or something, which now is, is you know, not, not an ex- extreme amount of money, um, you're in the top 1% of wealthiest monetarily, wealthiest human beings that ever walked the face of this planet. Like that's nuts. That's nuts. nuts, right? That's bananas. So, I mean, quite literally, all of you are that just by default. So, man, if that doesn't like, we have a moral obligation at that mm-hmm. point, a moral obligation to pursue the things of righteousness, to pursue the things of honor and integrity. And all those things Joe was laying out earlier, he was essentially reading from the Apogee Code without even knowing it. We have a moral obligation with that. So, you know, I just said it's a great reminder. All right, Tate, go ahead, sir. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's give him questions. Thank you, sir, for coming on the call today. Um, my question is, what made you want to do the survival show, and how did you pursue that? 
great question, sir. Um, so I was, I moved back down to Arizona after I graduated from college and I was finishing up, um, some other, I did some community college and I got my EMT and my fire science programs. Uh, I come from a family of firemen. So my grandfather, I have two uncles, um, and actually had three, had three uncles before my other uncle passed. Um, they were all firemen and I wanted to pursue being a fireman. I, I had this very similar to, you know, a heart of service. Uh, I knew that I wanted to, to serve. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed like the, you know, I, the, the, the job itself, I, after doing some fire training, um, and getting some experience, I, it's actually a, a really cool uh, an amazing culture, especially in Arizona. And I was in my second round of interviews when, uh, I got a call from a friend of mine who worked in LA and she said, Hey, I know you're a big fan of, of survivor. I have a, a friend of mine who's an, and she does the casting for the show. And I said, send me her number. Like, don't, why did I even hesitate? Like, yeah, I'd like, I would love to talk to her. So I went back and forth. I emailed with her um, and I sent in a, a rough application. And within two weeks, I was in L.A. for the finals of casting. And it's a very unique situation, but essentially you're there for a week um, and you're by yourself, sequestered to your room. And the phone will ring and they're like, all right, show up to this room. And you go through round after round after round of essentially interviews. And it was a, a very, very unique experience. Um, and every day there'd be less and less of us. You know, you'd look around the room and you're not allowed to talk to each other. And uh, long story short, I um, had my final round of interviews. I got sent home for two months. And then I get a call. Hey, you're, you're pack your bags. You're going to Nicaragua. And all of a sudden I'm on a beach. and playing survivor. So it kind of happened fast. I always say it was, the, it's, um, it was kind of a destined to be, um, I, I would tell people in college, I'd be serving tables and I'm like, you're going to see me play survivor someday. And I would have vivid dreams, um, of playing, of playing the show growing up as a kid. So I, I, I had a, in the back of my head, I, I always had a dream of a very grandiose dream of playing, but I didn't actually, uh, I didn't actually realize that I was like going to, I kind of knew, but I didn't realize I had the opportunity to do it. So, um, I went out and I be, I, I just, I kicked butt, man. I just tried to use everything in my toolbox of, uh, I obviously the two months that I was home, I was doing hot yoga every, you know, other day I was training, I was running, I was already in really good shape testing for the fire department. Um, I was working a job putting up solar screens on homes, uh, in Arizona. So I was up on a ladder sweating every day. Uh, so I was in really good physical condition, like condition perfectly for the show. And, and I just made my case. I said, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to win challenges. I'm going to be a survivor freak. I'm going to go fish and spear fish. I didn't know how to spear fish, but I told them, I said, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to learn. Like, I'll just figure it out. Uh, I spent probably two weeks learning to make fire with bamboo. I watched a YouTube video and I'd go out with bamboo and I'd sit in my yard and until I could do it in five minutes. So I, I, I just prepared, you know, half, half of everything we do is in the preparation, but it's, uh, it's, it's not glamorous to sit there and by yourself and 
you know, whittle bamboo together for five minutes or well, the first time was like 30 minutes. But um, again, if I wouldn't have done that every day and I wouldn't been training every day, I would have went out there and I probably wouldn't have been as successful as I, you know, could have been. And then luckily I was, I, I gave the show enough to make them essentially, they liked what I gave, you know, they liked the way I presented myself. They liked how I, how I showed up, how I cared about my tribe mates, how I um, articulated what I saw. And, and I always say being an artist has really taught me to notice the little details, to really be observant and watch and look and observe and see everything that's going on, um, which is a lost art. I do believe that yeah. that is a, a very, a very essential skill that if you guys can learn that, if you can become like hyper aware of your surroundings, of, of the little, you know, the little tiny ant is what I say. You can notice the little tiny ant. Um, you're going to be successful because you're going to notice things that other people are going to miss. So, um, so yeah, long story. I mean, I could go on and, and then dive into survivor, but, um, yeah, long story short of it. Um, I took action. I got, you know, I had a, a friend, she, she gave me a number. I, I could have been scared and not called. I could have, um, it chickened out. I could have said, and, and then back to when I was in my second round of interviews I had to make a decision. I said, man, am I going to pursue, um, the fire department or am I going to pursue being on survivor? And I kind of threw away, you know, a good year and a half of hard work prepping for the fire department. Mm -hmm. So I knew that the fire department would always be there. You know, I can come back and I could, you know, try again. I, you know, I could test again. I could, uh, you know, it, it'll always be there. Uh, but an opportunity to go play survivor. I mean, that's all, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I think recognizing that when those opportunities come, um, mm -hmm. and then having the guts to, uh, to go do it. And I'll, I will say there was, there was one moment. Um, it was like the second, it was the night before my final round of interviews when, I was overlook. I was I was looking out the window over the LA skyline, and the sun was going down. And I was like, "Oh wow, I'm I'm about to like really play Survivor. Like if this happened, like all of a sudden it hit me. Like I was I was really excited and caught up in the moment, but I was like, holy, like holy crap! I if I do this." my life is about to change. And it was the first time when I saw this fork where I could like not quit, but just say like, no, I don't want to play or I'm about to go on this new trajectory. And it's, and, and it was the first time it wasn't just going to change my life. It was going to change everyone's life in my, in my life. It was going to, I was, cause I thought about, it, I was like my family, like, they're going to all like, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on social media. I'm going to, my family at like fame and attention. And it was like, do I really want to go through with this? And it was scary. It was actually a really scary moment for me. And I said, is this what I really want? Will my family be okay? Like, like, and I, I almost had a, a feeling of protecting my family. Like, do I want to expose them to all of this too? Are they going to be able to handle this? Um, and I, and I prayed about it and I said, yeah, this, this is what I want. I said, God, if it's meant to be like, I want this, like, I really, really want this. Um, but if it's not meant to be, then 
I'm okay with that, that decision too. And, uh, so, so knowing, like really thinking through this guys, like, I'm going to tell you fame and fortune, it's an empty, it's, it's an empty hunger. Um, it, it's, it's great if you use it for the right reasons, but there was a time when I had, I had, you know, my DMS are blowing up from all these hot chicks and everywhere I went, like it's attention and people are buying you dinners and drinks and they're inviting you to the parties and their homes stay, stay on my couch stay on my you know and it's great but it's not all it's cracked up to be it really isn't because after a while i was depressed i was not happy i was self-serving i was treating people in my life differently i was treating i felt i felt entitled to things and i caught myself and i was like wow i'm 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 becoming someone i don't want to be i'm um and it's very easy when things are easy and great and i wish i would have had a mentor in those moments um luckily i had other tribe mates who went through this experience with me because they're the only people that realize you know like it's, it's what you see on tv you guys is there's music and there's, there's all this fun, like, like, but you're on your couch eating popcorn, right? Like you, you don't see what 70, like one episode is 70, 72 hours of time. You don't see the, the struggle, the 17 days straight of rain. Like I'm telling you, being miserable is next level when it's you're wet and your skin's falling off your fingers. Like being so hungry that I ate grasshoppers and lizards and they were delicious. Like you know when i say you guys are hungry like oh i'm hungry i'm gonna go eat dinner like no like i'm talking like don't eat for four days hunger is a next level hunger so um yeah survivor man it it really it's it sounds glamorous it's tough it is tough and everything that came after glamorous but tough um so great question sorry i like i said i i answer man i ramble what do you think, Tay? <laughs> what do you think? Thank you, sir. That was an awesome answer. I'm also from Arizona, too. So, oh, excellent. What part? Mesa. Mesa. Ah, my dad was a Mesa police officer oh, nice. before he before he was uh yeah before he went over to the church. Yeah, it was a big. He uh, he hurt his back and had to retire, but he was a Mesa police officer. So I grew up in South Chandler, like Queen Creek, at the foot of the Santan Mountains down there. Oh, nice. I know some people yeah. in Greek too. Yeah, Mesa. So I got uh, my grandparents that uh, rest, rest, and rest their beautiful souls. But they lived in Mesa for twenty five years. So, yeah, I, it's a good place, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Milan, did you say you were in Queen Creek? Is that was that the name of the? Yeah, that's where um, you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. In- yeah, we got some in- locals. Yeah, man, got some locals for you. How cool is Represent. that? Very yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool, awesome. my brothers. That's very that's cool. Awesome. And this is Milan's first. Uh, it's his first call too. So that's awesome, man. We bring some hometown flavor. Oh, uh, Milan, welcome. That's so that's cool. excellent. Very cool. Super cool, Logan. Go ahead, sir. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on the call today. My mom is going to be ecstatic when she heard I got to talk to someone who has gone on Survivor because me and my family are like survivor uh uh like incredible survivor fans 
Die Hard. Yes, that's, that's the word I was looking for. I was uh, <laughs> your star turned it. Yeah, you're yes. welcome. Yeah, so I I loved what you were talking about earlier when you're talking about failing as a win, and then I also heard Guardian Angels mentioned. So one of my biggest struggles recently is that my brain, if I have an experience that potentially could have been dangerous, my brain will like worst case scenario it, and then that'll like be a a, a struggle. And so the way that ties into failure is like there sometimes I'll. I'll do a thing. Like, I'll give you an example, actually. Yesterday, I, because why not? I threw on a couple layers. So I threw on a coat and pants and I went running in the 80 degree weather. And it Attaboy. sounded like, a, yeah. But it pro- sounded, I love it, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, like, it, it was, it was, a, it was a good mental battle. But my brain, like, immediately after when I, when I was done, you know, I was feeling hot. I, I, I didn't necessarily properly hydrate. And so then I was like, hmm, I've heard that heat stroke is a thing. So I go and look it up and I was like, oh, like if I got heat stroke, that could have been pretty serious. And so I, I was feeling like mild symptoms, but it was fine. So my brain will overdramatize it. And then what will happen, which is the most damaging part, is it'll go in and it'll it'll take a, a swing at my character. And I'll, I'll mm. tell this weird voice in my head will start telling me that that it was like, like, you know, you know that there was a risk that you took and you took it anyway, and that could have ended poorly. So I'm curious in your experience, especially since you're mentioning how, like, I believe for myself that how God has a plan for you. And even if you made a dumb mistake now, uh, the plan extends and it's not over for you yet. So I was curious how, if you've ever had an inner voice like that or experience like that and how you dealt with it. Hmm. Oh, great question, sir. Um, Well, first of all, I'm, so proud of you for getting in some sweats and going for a run in 80 degree weather that's that's a great challenge i would encourage your uh your brothers on here to to maybe you know do the same and uh each you know journal journal like an entry after after your run right when you get back start writing um in my survivor application video i would actually go and do that i would work out and then i would take a video and or i'd go for a run or go hike a mountain and then at the at the peak i would say because my blood was my adrenaline was pumping my heart was pumping and you you actually work through a lot of of your inner issues when you're when you're working out um but i would i would say to to your to your question um it's really it's really kind of it's kind of hard to like put into words but when you are um that 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 inner voice right is that your voice or do you think that was someone like not someone else's voice but is it like when you went on google right that's someone else's voice that google search that's populating Mm. is someone else's opinion and and i'm going to tell you this for all you guys listening the top 100 Google searches are paid to be there by somebody. And those searches are usually not accurate, to put it very politely. They're there to instill fear in you. And kind of what we're talking about, right? The 1% of the 1%. If 99% of people are unhappy, overweight, anxious, pissed, pissed off at their life, right? Do I want to be like the 99%? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be like the majority of people miserable? No, absolutely not. So what we're doing here is we're going to um, we're going to do everything wrong. Everything is going to be wrong and not by the book. Everything is not going to be, we're not going to be 
in the consensus, in what society would de deem normal or natural or any of the case. So as you guys move through life, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard to break these social patterning and, and it's programming is what I say. It's programmed. These are programs. Everything is a program and they're programmed to get you to spend money on their programs, right? Because everything's a business. You have to become a master at observing what is you and what is internally you and then what is of the spirit. And I always say this, if you have a hard time determining the two, you just say, God, like I, 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 and this is, and I'll just share with you guys what I share personally when I, when I'm speaking with God, I say, God, like I'm, I'm struggling and I, I am opening myself up. I'm opening my heart to be aware of your spirit. And I just, I need you and just help me to be. Help me to listen. Help me to hear. Give me the ears to see, the eyes to to see, and and the words just to say the right thing. And even before I came on this call, I I, I said a prayer to ask God to give me what I needed from Him to give to you guys. And it's really powerful when because it all of the again this is this and this is what Christ went through, you guys like. Jesus hung out with the 1% that was ostracized and outcast and, and pushed away from the society. And he showed up and served them. And when he told his disciples, he was essentially saying, you guys, like, no one is perfect. And we no one has this stuff figured out. But when you recognize in yourself the things that you need to change that are taking you away from your truly highest, best self, you need to turn away from those and leave them behind. That's what he, that's, that was Christ's mission. Everyone he talked to, if it was the rich man on the, on, you know, who's like, you know, I'm, I'm so wealthy. I don't like, how do I, what do I need to do to serve you, Lord? And he's like, you know, give away all your riches and come follow me. And he missed the point, but it was essentially the thing that's holding you back. It's the thing that is whole is, is in this primal earthly body, right? That little voice is saying it's because the job of that, of our primal voice is to keep us alive. <laughs> so it keeps us away from risk. It keeps us away from doing the hard things. And, but it's the comfort that can lead to the, the primal sins, right? Like lust and, and gluttony. And it's, it's the oversaturating ability of our others not our it's not our spiritual side but our primal side to indulge in the primal senses we we over over indulge into those things so um i'm gonna just say man keep running like keep pushing that like and, and obviously do it in a safe way right like you hydrate go out like push your body to that point and then a little bit like find your edge and stay in that for a while um and just know like you're you're okay like nothing bad is going to happen um but don't let that don't let that voice spiral into like what you did what you and you and what's cool is you were aware of it right you noticed your your awareness came to the fact that you were spiraling into this little bit of fear programming and that you were searching now for like why do you need to know why do you need to 
you already know what you felt and experienced, right? So you were looking for someone to tell, to validate that. You were looking for an, a third party to tell you, oh yeah, that's how you felt and this is what it was. Versus you discovering what that was and making your own determination. Focus on that. Focus on that and how you felt and, and how good you felt, right? I'm sure it sucked. I'm sure you sweated. I'm sure it didn't feel fun. And you probably were a little bit like, but that just shows you where you're at. Maybe where, you know, where you do, do need to be. So there's, they're, they're good indicators. They're good indicators. And just be aware of those and come back to your, come back to your internal dialogue and build yourself up. Yeah. Thank thank you for that answer. Sure. So you're, you're, you're saying that it's, it's like, it's, I I probably wouldn't have died. Right. It would take a lot more to like hurt myself like that. You're saying, you're saying to ignore those, the voices like that, that little voice, because it's, it's built off a false structure. Listen to the voice. Listen, this is weird, but listen to your voice in relationship to that voice. Mm-hmm. Listen to the internal dialogue that you're having, if that makes sense, right? Because that voice is going to come and it's going to say, all right, your heart rate's pumping. Like, I think we need to slow down. Like, I'm, I'm starting to feel hot, man, too. And you're just like, all right, maybe just slow down a little bit. And then your other voice is going to say something of, well, suck it up. Or it's going to say, yeah, okay, or maybe we should, maybe we should just slow down a little bit. Like I'm saying like, you're going to like working through those things in those moments. And again, like, obviously like, I don't want you to die. Like that is the last thing I want, but there have been moments in my training when I literally pushed myself so hard, I threw up and it was because like, or I passed out. Like in Survivor, there's a challenge where I, I held a pole up in the air for an hour and a half until I passed out on my feet. Like I pushed my body beyond where I thought I could, and it was an unsafe place. But I I never would have known that I could get to that place unless I gave myself permission to say, no matter what happens, I'm not going to quit. Or no matter like, then that's where the setting this the goals is so important, right? Like. I'm going to make this mile in less than six minutes, right? Six minute mile, let's say. So now you have a tangible goal. And if you came up a little short, you know, or you pushed your body there, like you're, you have to make those decisions in real time. I mean, I'm not saying like, okay, I'm about to cliff jump and oh, Joe said, risk it and just jump off the cliff. No, like make calculated, smart decisions for yourself. Like, you know, you're, you're going to, I'm not telling you not to jump, but I'm telling you notice like how deep was the water? Do you want to go down there and find out? Are there rocks? Are there like, is the, is your footing good? Are you like, are there other people around you? Like if something does happen, are you in a, in a position, are you in a place where people could get to you and rest and like you, you were, you would live like, is this one jump worth the, the other, the other risk that you're willing to take in life? Like, you it's calculated risk so don't don't confuse like you know going for a run with cliff jumping like you know what i'm saying like one is probably less likely to kill you than the other one if it goes wrong does that make sense yes sir that makes a lot of sense i appreciate that that's going to be very helpful as i continue to figure out how to deal with what's going on in my brain and you know what, bro, don't overthink it either. Like, don't, so don't, cause I, I've caught myself overanalyzing myself a lot in life. And sometimes, you know what, you just need to go out go for a run 
and come back and just that's it you know like like and and it, and and here's the other part too right like are you running when you feel like it or are you running because you've told yourself i'm going to run every saturday every morning at this time and it's a non-negotiable right like you're not going to negotiate even if you're sore or you're tired or if you're dehydrated but i'm not going to i'm not going to miss this scheduled appointment with myself like you show up on this call right and you do it and you you're you're focused on it versus running when you feel like it or running when you feel good so like start start getting into those habits right of like being disciplined with your running versus like oh well i don't know what my brain was really thinking in this moment like like how about when you are challenged to go run and you don't want to then you start analyzing yourself why am i why am i trying to take today off why am i trying to sleep in why am i trying to why didn't i drink enough water when i know i need to be drinking water every day right like these are just the little micro decisions to setting yourself up for success. And that's going to apply into every area of your life. Right. Beautiful. Absolutely, sir. Thank you for the answer. I appreciate it. No, you're welcome, brother. We've got, now we got two more. I have 10 more minutes that I can go before I have a hard stop. Are you okay, Joe? I want to make sure you're okay on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. We can do, sorry. I, I, don't be sorry. We're, no, this is great. I just want, no, it's it's freaking awesome, man. I just want to make sure because I have to go pick up my daughter. So I just yeah, no, my sure. my two baby my two babies are we planned it perfect. They're in their nap time right now, so we're good. So Beautiful. mama's holding holding down the fort. You're awesome, man. Thank you. So gents, we got I got ten minutes, gentlemen. So you guys have some good ones in here. Samsung, <laughs> go for it, sir. So I know that you went through many struggles. You mentioned that as. Um, teen years, adult years, all that. You went through many struggles and self-conflictions. What really drove you to overcome that and become this successful and determined and driven person that you were today? Good question, Samsung. Um, and thank you for that question. So I would say those those insecurities, they they still exist. And you have to really just not let like that little that voice like you have to be a bigger voice than those other voices and those and there and there's voices everywhere like and it's learning to tune into the right voice um and then kind of how we started the call like it's the action it's the actionable item your action trumps every word mm -hmm. you've ever said Okay. So, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, um, like things that I, I, I constantly struggle with to this day. Perfectionism is one, like as when I'm making art, when I'm, I saw your paintings in the back, which I love, I love that you you're surrounding yourself with your own, you know, your own creations and it's driving your own inspiration. I have a hard time with finishing a piece because it's never done because it's always like, Oh, I can make this better or I could do this. And, and sometimes I, I hold myself back from putting a piece out there because it's unfinished in my eyes. And that's one of the hardest things is this, this, this feeling that it's not perfect. And so I can't give it to the world yet because it's not, it's not up to my satisfaction. And so, um, you know, insecurity with, um, with whatever it is, is it's always there. You just have to learn to, to listen to that and know 
that's not, that's not, whatever, if it's sticking to you, it's, you know, like, I'm not going to, you can't ignore it. You can't just be like, that's not, that's not who I am. It's part of, it's part, it was part of my journey and it's been with me. And yet I still have found success, right? So it's not like, I'm not going to hide it. I'm just going to learn to accept it and then not give it any more power, right? And this is the, this is the duality of, of our whole life, of our whole lives. Okay. You're going to, you're going to have to make hard choices and balance these things out. And again, I hate the word balance, but it's just understanding like, okay, that I made a bad choice and I don't want to, I don't want to live like that anymore. And I'm going to make a better choice, right? I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to be defined by my past choices and moving in this next moment, the last 10 choices I might've messed up, but guess what? This choice, I'm going to make the better choice, right? Because that's all you can control. You can't control the past. You can't control the future. You can prepare for the future, but in the moment, you have only one choice. And that's with everything, bro. You're the food you're going to put in your mouth, the, the, the knife that you're going to make, right? If like the, in the actionable moment and right now in this next hour that we have together, right? What am I going to do? What am I going to, and this is right. Like I'm sure you guys have talked about making lists, right? Prioritizing your list, checking Mm -hmm. things off your boxes. Um, You know, I'm just, you know, this is just me spitballing off what, what potentially right. And, and, and what you guys are the foundational skills that you need to build. I'm still working on those skills every single day. I promise you, I'm, I am not, success like this game there's no finish line this is constant improvement you're constantly working at this and that's what no one understands everyone sees success and they're like man they got it we all don't got it we all are just you're just stacking you're just moving forward and trying to stack your wins and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose but it's the perspective that you're carrying with you it's the like i said it's like you know, I built like I wear. I'm gonna say I, there's man many hats. Like I've had many jobs and I've worn many things. And it's like I've been a lot of characters. Like I had, I was a server, I was a bartender, I was a an athlete, I was all of these characters. But through that, what was my character? What was my the the person that I am throughout all of those different experiences? Right. That's what you guys are are the the thing that you need to really develop. And those are, that was the, un, the, you know, the things that I said that you aren't, are unquantifiable, like, you know, just speaking with sincerity and honesty, being a good listener. You can't, I can't pay, you can't pay somebody uh, any amount of money to be a good listener. Either they're listening or they're not. Right. It, but it's a skill. It's a val- and it's a valuable skill to be present and be able to listen to, to someone's words, whether you want to hear them or not, but just be able to sit and listen. That's an invaluable skill. So. I think that for, for me is something, how you overcome the insecurity is, is by, is, is just building up those valuable, um, internal, internal mechanisms. Um, that is exactly what, you know, I think Matt's trying to bring, trying to instill in you guys, right. And get you to discover on your own right now. Um, it's self-discovery. So don't feel like there's a, you know, there's no book. There's no, I mean, there's lots of books. There's hundreds of thousands of books. I've read, I love to read. I'm and I'm now pouring into those books, but there's no book that's going to tell me how to do it. I have to take what's in the book or take what I'm learning from you guys or what I'm learning from Matt or in his community and do it and just make it actionable, right? So, 
Action alleviates anxiety. Bedros, action alleviates anxiety every right. time. That's right. B says it all the time. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. That helped out tremendously. Cool. And Matthew, you got last but not least, sir. Thank you, sir, for coming on to, onto the call. I was wondering during the challenges in Survivor, what were you thinking and what was helping you get through um, the, challenge, the tough challenges? It's a great question. Thank you. Um, so the thinking part is very interesting. Um, trying to not get distracted by all the cameras and the crew and just going into what the, you know, the zone. And, and if you've ever, I don't know, maybe a show of hands, how many of you guys have been in the zone? And maybe some of you know what I'm talking about, but, um, I started doing yoga in high school and the zone is when you can essentially, you are in tune with your physical body and your list, like how we, we were talking about that mind, like, you know, the mind, the, the conversation you're having in your head and through like breath work and meditation and yoga, I've learned a very valuable skill of how to turn off that monkey mind, how to turn off that little noisy voice of doubt. And it becomes where you're very focused, you're very calm, and you're in a, in a, it's kind of like, if I could explain it, it's kind of like if there's a, a storm and you're in the water of an ocean and the waves are going, and then you dive down like 10 feet and you look up. It's silent, it's quiet, right? The storm's raging, the splat water's splashing, but you're under the water and it's just, you're just kind of, it's all, it's all still. If you can develop that stillness, um, it's a it's a very valuable skill. It takes a while to do. Um, it's not something that happens overnight, but through training, through the discipline, like we were, I was saying, with doing things consistently, whether you want to or not. Um, but yoga specifically channels that energy. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, you might want to go to look at chicks, right? In spandex, because there's a lot of really good looking girls in the yoga studio. Um, but that's not what it's about. Okay. That's, that has nothing to do. It might, you, uh, we're doing yoga poses and that's, oh my gosh, like look at the balance and look at how can they even do that with their body? That's not what it's about. It's about tuning into your own body, breathing, stretching, and getting in tune in an, in an alignment with yourself. And so through doing that for a very long time, um, it helped me in the challenge because then in that moment, I brought out that same kind of philosophy. And it just becomes a bit solely about focus. And it's, and it's about this, um, this moment of like, I don't know how to explain it unless, and people who play sports and maybe many of you guys who are in sports understand, but it's like, everything is like in slow motion or everything's going good. Everything is like, you're just, it's, it's like a methodical energy that you can manifest and, and bring into existence. Um, and you're in the zone. So it's the hardest, hardest thing. Unless you, unless you've been in the zone, you don't know what the zone is, but um, like you watch any of the greats, right? Kobe Bryant, Michael, J like, it's like, they'd go out there and like, they, there's thousands of people around them. There's people yelling and screaming and, or, and like, even the guys on the court are talking in their ear and like, they're just, it's like this quiet strength, this eye of the tiger thing. And it's a very real thing. So um, yeah, find, Find that stillness in in the storm. 
Calm in the chaos. Thank you, sir. I play Calm sports. Chaos. Have you have you been in the zone? Uh, yes, I have. But sometimes I struggle to get in it a little bit. Perfect. Good. But as long, but you've but you've been there, right? And it's a cool, it's a cool space. It's a bit, and it's a unique space. Mm. And if you can learn, and if you can learn to bring yourself into the zone, you're unstoppable. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no external now. It's just you and against you. So you're now you're just in alignment. Is what I say. You're just you're just in tune with with your whole body and how it's operating. So keep it up, bro. Keep keep finding the zone. Thank you, brother. I'm so I'm so freaking glad we've gotten to do this. I, I uh, likewise so glad, man, and so thankful, and so thankful for who you are and showing up. Like I get, um, you know, just like and like you and you, but like there's DMs all day and there's all kinds of things, man. When I see something come through from you, I'm like, ooh, I'm so aligned with it. Like <laughs> I just, dude, I just get so. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm so aligned. Like I'm seeing the same things. You pay very close attention to things, the same things that I do. Um, but, you know, in, in all of it, man, I know your, you know, your heart and the way you lead and the way you love your family. And, um, you know, so just Thanks, so, sir. To get to, oh man, to get to connect like this and have you pour in, um, I'm, I'm yeah. really grateful. now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes. Boom. If you are enjoying this conversation, and I know I definitely did enjoy this conversation, um, then we're going to invite you to be a part of what we are doing with Apogee Strong. So we have got mentorship programs for men, for young men, for our ladies. Uh, And yes, we will have mentorship programs for the young ladies to come. But these are the types of conversations we have. These are the types of mentors we bring on. We have these types of conversations with these types of mentors every single week. So we invite you to become a part of what we're doing. Head to ApogeeStrong.com and check out the men's program, the women's program, the young man's program, and start getting on board with the mission of re-educating the entire family. That is how we win. That is how we get back to sovereignty. That is how we get back to freedom. And we are inviting you and your family to be a part of the conversation.